0: And here we go again, folks, with another edition of the nation's college basketball show and podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable, somewhat lucid host, T.J. Reeves. And yes, I am still reveling in celebrating different sports, the <laughs> oblong ball, the Buccaneers Super Bowl win. I am still, even though you cannot see me wearing the Tampa Bay Buccaneer World Champions hat and proudly doing so. But I promise... We're transitioning to the round ball, and who better to help me? I love my analyst, my insider, the coach, the former Purdue and South Florida assistant. You see his mug all the time on the ESPN platforms, including the SEC Network working college basketball on TV. It is my privilege, a little delayed because of Buccaneer postseason football, to say, Hello, Mark Wise. It is great to be back with you here on College Basketball Coast to Coast, Coach.
1: Hello, TJ. Congratulations on that buck win. Welcome back to the dark side of hoops.
0: (laughs) Yes, and and trying to get everything sorted out. Uh, You've been doing a masterful job along with your colleagues of trying to keep us all informed on who's actually playing and when with all the pauses. Although we should say, Mark Wise, we're both glass half full guys. We're getting some, if not most of the games. The, the vast majority of the games will be made up. Some are having right. to be paused for safety. We should be happy with what we're getting. And we're getting a bunch of basketball and getting a clearer picture heading to March, right?
1: Some people have been keeping up with this a lot better than me. And for the most part, we're getting 70 to 80% of scheduled games each week. Now, as we head toward the last um, three weeks of the regular season, you, you run out of room and time to make up games. But it certainly has been a strange season for everybody. I've learned and come up with new terms, um, like shutdown, like on pause, like contact tracing. And my favorite that I came up with is pop-up games. And we saw this in football as well. But, you know, games got – especially in the non-conference, games got scheduled within a 24- to 48-hour window that nobody ever thought was possible before. It happened in football. They pulled it off. It's happening in basketball. Now in conference play, we also have pop-up games. We just had one in the SEC on Wednesday night because Tennessee was able to play. Um, Georgia was able to play, but their opponents were not. So those two got together and played (laughs) on Wednesday. So we've seen all kinds of strange things happen in a very strange year.
0: Very, very well put. I mean, I heard a story earlier this year, and I'll get most of this right. Help me if you can fill in the blanks. West Virginia, I think, was playing Gonzaga. If they were not playing Gonzaga, they were about to go play them because of the last-minute pop-up situation that came up. So much so that West Virginia, Mark, as the story goes, goes was having their shoot-around and suddenly right. Bob Huggins gets a phone call from the assistant AD or whomever saying, hey, ESPN is looking for us because they want us to play one of these pop-up games you're talking about. Right. They right. patch Huggins through with whomever, and it may have been Mark Few and or the network where they're scheduling the game on the phone while he's standing at the shoot-around that we're going to play two nights later in another city and come play right. you. Because we're COVID healthy, we can play, ESPN needs a game, and I applaud. I'm applauding right now on College Basketball Coast to Coast, however you're finding us on the podcast, et cetera. That's the forward thinking we need to get more games played, like what you talked about with Tennessee and Georgia saying, hey, it's in our best interest, we need to play a game this week.
1: Yeah, I I don't think there's any question about that. I'll give you another example of a pop-up game that has paid major dividends, Tennessee, Um, who everybody has somewhere in the four or five line right now in terms of their bracketology, preseason pick to win the SEC. They're not going to. Um, But nonetheless, they have a a lot of pieces. They had a pop-up game in early in – I have to think about this now because usually I say early in November. It's early in December because the schedule, the season got pushed back by two weeks. You're playing four fewer games. 27 is the most you can play. But Tennessee uh, did a pop up game with Colorado. Well, as it ends up, Colorado right now is 16 and 5, 10 and 4, their top 20 in the net. So that became a quadrant one win for Tennessee, a huge win. And even though they have struggled offensively and, and lost some games that I didn't think they probably should have lost. Uh, I think when we see that first reveal on Saturday, which is coming out by the NCAA when they release the top 16, uh, there's a chance you could see Tennessee on that four line.
0: Very good points there from Mark Wise. Love his insight here. Follow him on social media. I'll say this a couple more times at NP. M W hoops for Mark wise, M W hoops. You see him on the sec network. He'll be on the sec network call of the Saturday Ole miss South Carolina game. I look forward to hearing you on that. He'll have Alabama a couple of times next week. And I want to ask you about the tide in advance of that in a few moments, but a perfect segue on college basketball, coast to coast, wherever they're, they're finding us. We get accused. You and I are in the South and a lot of the people that I talk to are in the Eastern time zone or the central time zone. We are not going to have East Coast bias here on this edition of College Basketball Coast <laughs> Coast. No, no, no. Let's go West. You just mentioned Colorado. Let's talk right. about the Pac 12 uh, just for a moment. I'll start right there. So we can't be accused uh, of being uh, slanted towards the East or the Eastern time zone. That Colorado team won at Stanford on Thursday night at the time that we're taping this edition of college basketball coast to coast and rolling it out for the entire weekend. They won right. impressively by 18. They're leading uh, the pac 12 uh, USC is right. Or they're they're right there with USC USC also defeated Washington on Thursday night late by 15 at Washington. Those are clearly the two best teams in the pac 12. There's some debate about UCLA UCLA lost to Washington State last night at the time we're taping, 81-73. Give me a little more Pac-12 analysis. Is it a case where it's USC, it's Colorado, and maybe only one other team right now? Could there be only three teams? Is there going to be a fourth team from the Pac-12? Give me a thought or two, Mark.
1: Well, first of all, I think UCLA, if the, if the ter- tournament comes out today, UCLA's in. So I, I'm putting three in for the Pac-12, hands down. The, the big mystery team to, to me, well, there are two mystery teams. One is Stanford because they've kind of been up and down. But Oregon, Oregon is one of those teams that got shut down for an extended period of time. Uh, they've only played nine league games. They've only played 15 games overall. I think they, they are tournament worthy in terms of the eye test. And you and I are going to talk about that a lot over the next month because with lack of non-conference data, that we have this year, uh, you you know, I, I, yes, the the selection process is is a data-driven process. There's no question about that. And in years past, it's, if you wanna take it, if you wanna like evaluate or put a number on it, I think it's 90% data-driven, 10% eye test. Well, with less data, it only makes sense that you're gonna have a bigger impact on the eye test. Oregon will pass all the eye tests. So now they just need to go ahead and fill out the rest of the season with some quality wins, and I think they'll be fine. So right now I'm going to say four, four from the Pac-12.
0: And again, Colorado 12 in the net ranking for what it's worth. USC 16 in the net ranking to your point, UCLA 47 in the net and Oregon at 53, Oregon again was a winner at Arizona state. And as you uh, on Thursday night that we're talking about, and as you mentioned, there's going to be some makeup games coming uh, for the ducks as well out of the, uh, out of the PAC 12. And it's interesting that a year ago was the first year, obviously for Mick Cronin at UCLA, and they were a borderline NCAA tournament team last year, Ah, uh, playing kind closed of the mugging, really strong right? yeah they were closing strong, really strong, mugging style et cetera and then we'll never know because the Pac-12 tournament never happened obviously and there right. was no selection Sunday. So it's just interesting whether the Bruins can can make something happen. But Andy it, Enfield, it's interesting yeah, go ahead.
1: it's it's interesting to me that you Mick you mentioned Mick Cronin and he has this reputation of grinding out wins at Cincinnati throughout his career. They have become offensive minded I don't know where he went went and got an offensive uh, uh, change of his paradigm, but I'm telling you, they score the ball. That used not to be the way uh, that Mick Cronin's teams uh, played at Cincinnati.
0: But can I tell you something? That's the best coaches, as you well know. You've done this Absolutely. a lot longer than I have. They know how Absolutely. to adapt. They know how to adjust. Nick Saban in college football realized five or six years ago, as much as he was bemoaning the spread offense, the hurry up, the throw it 40 or 50 times a game, if I don't embrace that, I'm not going to get the best players anymore at receiver and quarterback to come play for me. The best coaches adjust. They adjust to, and if you're in Southern California recruiting at UCLA, you, you're you going to turn off guys more than likely with grinded out games in the low 50s, ugly basketball. So applaud him, well, I think. For, from for a that.
1: from a theoretic standpoint, he's going to get better players at UCLA, which will allow him to adapt like he has done and play more offensive minded games.
0: And again, Andy Enfield, who it doesn't seem like this, but he's been at USC now for eight seasons. He's got them at 16 and three overall. They lead the Pac 12 yep. at 10 and two. USC again won at Washington on Thursday night, and they are in the top 15, actually 16th in the net. So they are looking good. Uh, and southern and they've,
1: got, they've got a guy in Mobley who's going to be the, the, in the top three of the draft. No, no question about it. How about Super that? talented.
0: Well, and uh, to your point, uh, Mobley seventeen and seven in the win at Washington. The coach always knows what he's talking about here on college basketball coast to coast. But I just I wanted to get that out of the way before anybody complains that we don't talk enough. That we started the show first conference <laughs> talking Pac-12 <laughs> basketball, and now we'll slide back in to some of the other stuff. And I promise we've got three wise men coming up uh, here as the show rolls along. Uh, we'll get to the three wise men in a few moments. All right, a couple of games that are interesting in addition to one obviously you're doing and we'll get to the SEC circle back. couple of games that are interesting as everything unfolds uh, for Saturday and for Sunday. I'm interested in Michigan, a, a team with Jawan Howard. We were talking earlier in the week with Deshaun Tate on this show, on this podcast, College Basketball Coast to Coast, that Michigan at 13 and one very intriguing as to what are they going to look like. And they're going to play some really tough games, including makeup games with the likes of Illinois and Indiana uh, coming up. So I- I'm curious what Michigan um, is going to look like at 13-1 and one with Jawan Howard's team, uh, in particular as we see them for the first time on Sunday playing at Wisconsin, first time they will play the game in almost a month, Mark Wise. How intrigued are you by, by what we'll see out of the Wolverine team that was rolling before a COVID-19 pause?
1: I, I'm not saying you can connect the dots between every program who's had significant uh, shutdown or pause in their games, but you can kind of look at some teams and and decide, okay, is that a trend? I go back to St. Louis. St. Louis was playing really well before they got shut down for a month and it took them, uh, you know, they, they, they lost right out of the chute. And, and I think, The the biggest concern for me as an ex-coach when you get shut down in this strange season is conditioning. Because if you are isolated, you can do some individual workouts depending on your isolation, your tracing and all that. And state to state, that's all different. Uh, But it's not the same as going up and down. And it's not the same as playing five on five. And it's not the same as scrimmaging. It's not the same in terms of of game conditions. So to me, that will be the telltale sign for Michigan coming back. Is what kind of shape do they look like they're in? Because I got to tell you, I don't think there's anybody that's going to argue, TJ, that the Big Ten, by far, this season, is the best league in the in the country.
0: Yeah, when you're talking about Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, and I haven't even gotten to the teams that might be on the fringe, like Purdue, Rutgers, Indiana, Minnesota, and Michigan State, which is taking its lumps. You know, they always kick it into gear when you get close to March. Could they Could they have like nine or ten teams out of the 14-team yeah. Big Ten? Is it possible? I think it is it's yeah. possible.
1: I don't think there's any question about it. I, I think nine will probably be the, the low mark. Minnesota, you know, keep in mind, Let let's remember a couple of things. One is – there's one more at large bid this year because the Ivy League is not playing. Let's also remember that the NCAA waived the 500 rule. So you do not have to be 500 to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, where does that come into play? That comes into play with a team like Indiana, who's 11 and 8 overall. It comes into play with a team like Penn State, who is 7 and 9 overall. So, if you can get somewhere around five hundred in that league and somewhere around five hundred overall, chances of you getting in are pretty good. So, from that standpoint, I fully expect this this league to get at least nine bids. Yeah,
0: and Michigan State only only ten and seven, uh, and four and seven in conference play. that did get a win earlier but, in the week, so that's another good that's another good point that a lot of people. Don't realize. Let me,
1: yeah, let me bring this up to you, Michigan State needs to win games right here is their next five games (laughs) iowa at home at purdue at indiana illinois at home and ohio state at home now you tell me where you can look at that five games and go there's three i know we can win
0: yeah it's it's exactly right good luck uh, with a team that uh, that again has gone through some COVID pause themselves and trying to get it back together Uh, Good luck on that. And again, for Michigan, Michigan at Wisconsin coming on Sunday for the first look at them. And then as it stands right now, they still have to make up an Indiana home game, a game at Northwestern, if they can make all these up, and an Illinois home game, if they can make all those up. So as it stands right now, though, they're going to play Rutgers, they're going to play at Ohio State, and they're going to play at Indiana and the makeup games. So we're going to find out in a hurry. Let
1: me – yeah, Let me ask you this, because this is a relevant uh, um, conversation this time of the year. Who's more likely to get in the NCAA tournament, Michigan
0: State or Duke? Mm, and Michigan State has the head-to-head win. For what it's worth, it isn't everything. Right. But for what it's worth, they have a win over Duke. What if I take C, neither of them? <laughs> How crazy would that be? I mean, we're already right. talking about Kentucky is more than likely. Probably, Are you declaring Kentucky done right. unless they get the automatic bid? It looks hop, like hop it five games below 500, yeah?
1: Yep. Uh, so, Dukes, I, I gave you Michigan State schedule, so here's Duke's schedule. At Wake, Virginia at home, Syracuse at home, Louisville at home, <laughs> at Georgia Tech, at UNC. I'm telling you, I think that has more wins in it. On paper, on paper, than Michigan State.
0: But but maybe only by one or two out of yeah. out of that, out of those games that they're playing. We'll see if it's going to be enough for Duke. Could we really have Mark Wise as he joins us here on College Basketball Coast to Coast? Love the coach. Could we have an NCAA tournament with no Kentucky, with no Duke, with no Michigan State? and uh, And then uh, never mind the fact that North Carolina and Kansas and UCLA have kind of been on the fringe What in the world in the crazy 2020 and 2021 years here if we end up having a big dance with none of those names? I do know this, as we said earlier in the week, it is the first time since 1961, and Mark Wise would like you to know he was not on the call of any of the games in 1961. (laughs) The first time since 1961, no Kentucky, no Duke, no Kansas, no North Carolina in the same AP top 20. It was then the top 20. How about that? Going back uh, 60 years since the four of them were not in the same AP top 20. That tells you how crazy it has been and how we have to get after these things. Hey, one more uh, from Michigan and Jawan Howard. Phil Martelli, the former St. Joe's coach out of the Atlantic 10, had him in the final four in 2004, always one of the top teams out of the Philadelphia area, out of the Northeast. He is on that bench with Jawan Howard as an X and O guy, uh, as a guy helping them recruit previously over the last couple of years. How much credit do we give Phil Martelli for helping Michigan be whatever they're going to be here down the stretch of the season real quick?
1: Well, first of all, let's give Jawan Howard credit for hiring Phil Martelli. Uh, I don't think any staff in the country would be, would benefit from having Phil Martelli on its uh, bench in in its uh, locker room in its staff room, scouting purposes. So, uh, no question. I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's immeasurable, invaluable, uh, big time asset.
0: No doubt about that. All right, I promise we're going to get to the games in the SEC, including the one that Mark is working this weekend, and then he's got Alabama coming not once but twice next week as it stands on the SEC network. But we have waited long enough. For the first time in this 2021 college basketball season, let's get to what I have been waiting for, some wise men. And now it's time for Mark Wise's Three Wise Men. All right, so here we go, Mark Wise. First installment, again, as I have said before, these can be uh, uh, anything. Players, coaches, former players, conference commissioners, can be anybody and the women's game, if need be, uh, with players, coaches, etc. Three wise men is a staple on anything we do, college basketball, coach to Give me a wise man or lady, please. Well,
1: wise man number one, I'm not really sure who is responsible So I'm going to give it to the Ivy League presidents, the athletic directors, whoever decided, rightfully so, to allow seniors from this year. As you well know, everybody gets this year back. But in the Ivy League, they do not allow grads. uh, um, They don't allow student athletes to be grad students and participate. They just ruled this week that they're going to allow seniors to come back and compete next year as grad students i'm giving a huge applaud to that
0: and you were saying earlier in the show people may not realize this the ivy league did not play at all this season and so that is uh, that that, i mean you've got to be flexible and understand uh that for some of these guys and for most of these guys this is their career the end of their basketball career so i love that all right another wise man or lady from mark wise please
1: Well, I'm going to go to the league that I cover, the Southeastern Conference. I don't think that there is a player in the league who is asked to do more things per possession on either end of the floor than Herb Jones for Alabama. Six-foot-seven senior, uh, left-hander, kind of got the knock as a non-shooter. This year, he's running the point a lot of times for Alabama, for Nate Oates' squad Um, obviously on the two-line right now with Lenari. They're leading the Southeastern Conference. But at times, especially now because Alabama is short in the front court. Jordan Bruner's been out hurt. Uh, Juwan Gary just got hurt the other night. So it's a very short front court. So Herb Jones, think about this, TJ. Herb Jones plays the point on one end and guards the five-man on the other end. (laughs) He's wise man number two, Herb Jones of Alabama.
0: That is some versatility like Mark Wise used to show back in the day as we roll (laughs) on on college basketball coast to coast. One more on this edition of three wise men to point out from the college game, please. What What do we tell coaches who
1: take new positions, new jobs, where the previous coach has been sensational in his career? You never want to be the guy who follows the guy, right? Well, Casey Alexander at Belmont in his second year followed the legendary Rick Byrd. Casey Alexander is Belmont blood. He he worked for Rick Byrd. He left there, was the head coach at Stetson, then went parlayed that into the head coach at Lipscomb, which is also in Nashville. And when Rick Byrd retired, they they got Casey Alexander away from Lipscomb. All he had to do—I don't even know if he moved houses. All you had to do was go cross town. Well, <laughs> Belmont, right now, I've had Belmont. They're 21 and 1. They're 15 and 0 in the Ohio Valley. Mm. They've got a legit big man in Nick Musinski. They've got a Division three transfer shooter, Luke Smith, who's their second leading scorer. I'm telling you, TJ, this is a team you want no part of in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Look for them to be a dangerous 13, 14 seed. Wise man number three, the head man at Belmont, Casey Alexander.
0: Watch out, and we love the nickname, the Bruins. The Belmont Bruins, not the UCLA Bruins. Uh, they're out of the Ohio Valley and some of these other teams. And by the way, in our remaining moments here, keep an eye on those two Missouri Valley teams that are playing head-to-head. Deshaun Tate was telling you earlier in the yeah. week, Loyola Chicago and Drake playing Uh, In back-to-back days, Saturday and Sunday this weekend, some of these mid-majors, like you're pointing out with Belmont, keep an eye on them for this weekend. All right, you mentioned SEC. Remaining moments here, you've got Georgia, or I'm sorry, you've got uh, Ole Miss and South Carolina. Ole Miss on a three-game win streak. You're doing this game Saturday with South Carolina. They lost to Alabama at home. Alabama beat them at home earlier in the week. Preview your game you're doing on the SEC network real quick for us.
1: Well, all of a sudden, Ole Miss has won three straight games, uh, including a uh, Slugfest at home against Tennessee. They just beat Missouri and beat them badly at home, and they also won at Auburn in overtime when Devontae Shuler made the buzzer beater. They're not in Bubbleville, but they can see it. It's on their GPS. They have to continue to do that big game for Ole Miss on Saturday against the South Carolina team that's uh, ch- just trying to find its way right now.
0: On the Alabama team now, eleven and one in the conference. They did take losses to Oklahoma in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Uh, they also lost to Missouri. Uh, they've had they've had trouble getting the high octane output going ever since that LSU game. Where much like Mark Wise, they never met a shot they didn't like. I think they took <laughs> about eighty-seven three pointers in that game. Um, so in any event, uh, Alabama, you'll have a couple of times next week. They play Georgia on Saturday. And, and looking at the rest of the SEC here, do you believe, I mean, you've got numerous teams, Alabama, Tennessee, yeah. Arkansas, uh, Florida, Missouri, LSU, that are all in the top 35 of the RPI. So that, on, the, on the immediate glance, that's, that's at least six teams in the SEC, probably in the NCAA tournament? There's
1: two teams that need quad one wins badly. LSU, they have Tennessee at home. That represents a quad one win. Arkansas. They only have one quad one win, and that's a barely quad one win. They're at Missouri, who has to be stinging after that Ole Miss game. So a couple of big games there. And then Arkansas Tuesday, next Tuesday, has Florida coming to Bud Walton. So it's a big couple of games for the Hogs in in terms of securing and feeling really comfortable about their NCAA tournament chances.
0: Again, remaining few moments, college basketball coast to coast. we got a Saturday that has Indiana at Ohio State again with the qualifier if all these games come off without COVID pauses, etc. Indiana, Ohio State, Florida State will be back off of a long pause playing Wake Forest early. Also early, Loyola, Chicago, and Drake. Can we spread some of these games out, please? They're all going on at the same time. (laughs) Oklahoma, Virginia, also early. uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia, also early on in the i 'm anxious to see all of these, uh, and then again on Sunday, some more games that be that will be happening besides just the michigan Wisconsin game Loyola. And, uh, and Drake, Loyola Chicago and Drake will play again. My Memphis Tigers have gone on COVID pause. We got a, about 60 seconds here to talk about them not being able to play in the American <laughs> Conference. Right. No Cincinnati game, no Houston game this weekend. <laughs> They're going to be out for at least a couple of weeks, my Tigers. And the American Conference, other than Houston and maybe one other, maybe a one or two bid league just real quick with the likes of Houston and Tulsa and SMU and Memphis and, and that group.
1: As of right now, the only way that the American is a 2 bid league is if Houston loses in the American Conference Tournament. I don't see a second team right now.
0: All right, but there's still work to be done. Still three weeks left that could improve. We'll see if if that is the case. All right, so we have basically come to the end of this weekend preview edition, uh, and I know you're getting ready for Ole Miss and South Carolina on the SEC Network uh, coming up. We're just again one more time elated that we have hoops, we have some hoops and the the interest and the intrigue now that the football season is over building big right. time Mark Wise for all of this.
1: I'm really happy for the players around the country. I'm also happy that they get this year back, but for right now we're going to enjoy these last 3 weeks as we head toward selection
0: sunday yeah and the and the best thing about this is so many resumes maybe debatable maybe up in the air you got a chance to win right now just one more time win some important games and help yourselves so it's almost like a precursor to what march is especially like you pointed out without the non-conference what you're doing at the end here will matter more probably with an eyeball test just one more time right
1: I think bigger eyeball tests and bigger emphasis on conference tournaments.
0: No doubt about that. Again, Mark Wise will be on the call of Ole Miss and South Carolina. That coming on Saturday. Slated to work Alabama-Texas A&M early next week uh, as well. Coach, thank you. I always love getting to talk with you. I appreciate you spending some time with me on college basketball coast-to-coast previewing the weekend, sir. Thank you, TJ, and go Bucks! Yeah, love that. Uh, Follow him at MW Hoops on social media. Great follow. Friday 5, the weekend recaps, uh, all of that. MW Hoops on Twitter, on social media. He's on the SEC Network call. For now, we are done. Subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Thank you for finding us. It streams also on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel. Streaming on TuneIn. Find college basketball coast-to-coast on the Tag Sports Group channel as well. Now we're done. Enjoy all the games this weekend. Thank you for being with us on college basketball coast-to-coast.